Good evening, everybody. My name is Roxanne Johnson. Son was Jamal Bird. He was killed by DC Metropolitan Police, October 1st, 2019. Good evening, guys. My name is Latoya Benson. I am the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed by Virginia State Police at the age of 18, January the 9th, 2021. Tonight, we are honored um, to be joined by Ms. Daphne. You want to go ahead and um, introduce yourself, please? Yes, my name is Daphne Robinson, and I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia. My son, Jabril Robinson, was murdered at the age of 23 in Clayton County, Georgia, by a Clayton County officer. Um, and I'm just here to, you know, tell my story and let you guys know, you know, what is going on here in Georgia, not only with Jabril, but numerous and numerous of um, victims of police brutality. Mm -hmm. Well, we, um, we're, we're glad you decided to join us. We're glad to have you this, this evening. Tell us a little bit about the background about what happened with Jabril. So um, Jabril... He was he was um, visiting with his girlfriend. It happened on a Monday, on May 16, 2016. And he usually would, you know, visit with her over the weekend. Um, he didn't have a personal car. So I would drop him off. And then when he's coming home on that Monday, I would pick him up. Um, him and his girlfriend got into it. And they had, you know, an altercation where she had threw some water on him. He had threw some water on her, but they was having a heated organized, uh, heated argument and her mom called the police out. Um, when her mom called the police out, Jabril left. He left walking because he, he did call me, but it was not around the time that he would usually call me for me to pick him up. So I was doing something else in the house. I missed the phone call. Um, when I did get my phone, I looked and I said, hmm, Jabril called. Let me call and see what's going on. He must want me to pick him up. Uh, he did not answer. Um, so I put the phone down. I said, well, he'll call back. Um, I can't even say how many minutes after that her father, his girlfriend's father called. And she said, and he said to me, like, you need to get over here. Like, get over here. You know, um, Jabril been shot. And at the time, he didn't say you know, he had been shot by the police. He didn't say who he was shot by. Um, I immediately started frantically, you know, moving around, trying to figure out where my keys were, you know, what I was doing. I didn't have on any shoes and, you know, just frantically trying to, you know, get myself together to get to where he was. Um, never did it cross my mind that he had been shot by the police. Um, when I got on the scene, I seen a bunch of like police cars, but before then, people were calling my phone saying, hey, I see on the news, they talking about Jabril was in a shootout with the police and you know, Jabril got, you know, shot by the police and this and that and this. And I'm like, in a shootout, like Jabril won't be in no shootout with the police. Like that's nothing he would do, you know? But I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm on my way to where they are. And immediately when I got there, they, when I got out the car, and started to run up to the hill because I could see like all the commotion. I could see his things on the ground scattered around. Mm -hmm. So when I immediately got there and tried to get up to where he was, uh, I was stopped by the chief of police and by uh, another officer. And they told me that Jabril had been taken to the hospital, that he had been shot 
you know, um, fatally. Well, he didn't, they didn't say fatally. They said he had been shot and I needed to go to the nearest hospital, which was um, um, Southern Regional Hospital, right? Not too far from where he had been shot. So, um, you know, I was asking them what happened, you know, what was going on. And they were saying that uh, I just needed to go to the hospital. They would talk, they was, would talk, to, give me more information. And I got to the hospital. When I got there, the attendant at the desk didn't really have any information. She didn't even really know what was going on. And I said, well, I know my son got shot. He got shot by the police. So she set me in a room because she didn't know anything. She didn't know of him coming into the hospital or anything. So um, as I was sitting in the room, I could see out the window. They had the, the blinds. And I could see out the window and I see where the ambulance is backing in and I could see, you know, the police car and I could see a, like a regular unmarked car and I could see the police chief getting out of the car. So I told my husband at the time that was with me, I said, uh, I think they just bringing Jabril Hill. He, you know, Ooh. I think they just bringing him here. So as I see all of this happening, I get up, go out the room, go back to the desk and I'm like, look. I think they're bringing my son in now. Can somebody tell me what's going on? Is he dead or is he alive? Like, can you tell me? Can I see my child? Let me see him. And um, the lady, she said, okay, I'm going to get some information. My my sister is a physician assistant. She worked at that hospital, but she was no longer working there, but she still could get information. So when, I, when she did get my call, she finally got my message. She called me and she said, I'm about to find out right now. And I'll let you know, I'm, I'm calling some people now. So my sister called, she said, oh, sis, she said, you know, they ain't supposed to give me this information. She was like, but they fatally wounded him. He, 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 he's gone. So the police didn't tell your sister tells you that he, that he was gone? And when I went back out to tell them, I was like, hey, I need to see my son. Like, I need to see him. I want to see him. They wouldn't allow me to see him. So the nurse came in with the, with the chief and she was like saying, oh, she was like, I regret to tell you. She was like, I did all that I could. You know, I really, you know, worked on him. I did all that I could. I said, okay, I just need to see him. Let me see him. Because how do I even know that's my child if I can't even, you know, see him? And they was telling me, no, we can't let you see him. He's part of an invest. It's part of an investigation. I wasn't allowed to see his body. I wasn't allowed to see him. So, you know, I went to the. I left the hospital after they wouldn't allow me to see him, and I went to the girlfriend's house because I wanted to find out what you know what actually happened, happened. Mm -hmm. because I didn't know anything, and I was getting it was multiple things being said on the news, mm -hmm. you know, media is treacherous yeah. for, you know, um, tearing our loved ones down. The villainize them, make them yeah. look like they're yeah. villains, yeah. Yeah, they're treacherous for doing that. So, mm -hmm. you know, me dealing with this the first time and having to, you know, really understand, you know, what was going on, I had to go to the source of where, you know, my son was the last, last place he was. When I got there, the girlfriend was frantic. She was like frantic. I had to actually calm her down because she was like, I, she was like, is he okay? 
and stuff like that. And I was like, no, he did. You know, I told her just like that. I said, so what happened? And she said, Ma, I swear, she said, he didn't do nothing. She said, like, he didn't do nothing. She was like, we was arguing, we got into it. She was like, he, I threw water on him, he threw water on me. He left. And when they got here, we told them that he was already gone. We no longer needed their services. And they said that they were just going to go through the neighborhood and just make sure he was good. So they went and looking for him after the fact? They went after, after, the, fact. That after mm. the fact. Mm. And she after said they said they were no longer needed. They still went looking for him after the fact. Right. After the fact. So what happened with the officers? After this happened, were they indicted at all? What happened with the officers? No, they was not indicted. Uh, after an investigation with the GBI, they contacted me and they said that I needed to contact the district attorney because they had did an investigation and they had turned everything over to her. Mm -hmm. And during this time, which I found out at a later point, during this time, the district attorney, she was not, she would not meet with me. She would set up meetings, but then counsel. Like she did oh. not never meet with me or the family, right? So I found out during this time it was some kind some type of stuff going on with her and I think her what's her name is it her what's, her, what's her name her name is Tracy Graham okay so she's the current one now huh she's the current DA now for you no, guys she was the district attorney then okay and she was doing um she was to be doing for four more years but she did an early retirement and she was retiring during that time her retirement was to her last time to be there was to be like in june my son was killed in may so Ooh. his case was just closed out and um i never even never met with her and during that time you know they had they was going through where they had appointed you know someone to be in her place until they elected someone else to come into uh come into office so once they did i did have a meeting with that district attorney which is tasha mosley she's the district attorneys you know today right. and um i just think that tasha mosley she didn't want to go back and look at my son's case but she did give me some facts to you know what had happened mm -hmm. and she kind of cleared up you know some things and then it was a lot of like conflict too and what she was saying because she was saying that they said that Jabril had a gun then she said that it was a gun found on the scene but it didn't have his fingerprints on it then she said that um and it had never been fired the gun had never been fired and then she said that um that the, um it was one officer which two officers was involved so she, she can't give you guys conflicting information and stuff though right yeah so the first well, officer I'm let's sorry. uh let's fast forward a little bit put to, to like we're gonna fast forward this a little bit for what's going on with you guys mm -hmm. today even though you've not indicted the officers right um because i follow i kind of stopped you a little bit um i follow you guys work there on georgia um i'm interested in now uh, i'm pretty sure the, the people who are listening to want to know the impact that has caused on you um because you're a fighter this happened in 2016 we are on what 2023 and you are still going Let's talk about some of these bills that you guys have come up with. Um, I saw the billboard campaign Georgia moms are doing, I saw that. But let's talk about too, some of the legislation where you guys are doing and what bills you guys try to push right now to get passed in honor of him and of many others as well. Yeah, so um, 
we have several bills that we're pushing. Um, we have uh, HB 107, HB 112, HB 113, and HB 115. And um, HB 107 is the policing policy, the Police Accountability Act. And um, the Police Accountability Act is the bill that you know we are pushing to have police held accountable you know, for um, misconduct when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the citizens, you know. So that that bill is very important. And then we have um, the Ethical Policy Act that we're pushing as well. And also we have Preventing Tragedies Between Police and Communities Act. So we have, and then the Racial Profiling Act because you know a lot of times because of the way that young men look and because yes. of the way that they dress you know they yep. are racially targeted they're mm -hmm. targeted so mm -hmm. um when i had spoke with my state rep sandra scott um me and her talked about that so she is the one that put these bills together and um we talked about you know my son and how he um was racial profile even before this happened and how I was speaking to you guys about how he had dreads and then now he don't mm -hmm. have them anymore you know mm -hmm. about how he changed the way that he um you know just the way he dressed and everything about him because he had been profiled several times before he actually was murdered by the police so that was a big importance for me you know is to push that bill and she did name Jabril in that bill along with other loved ones that had been murdered by the police here. So we had been lobbying, lobbying at the, um, down at the, um, I can't get my words, I'm sorry. Down at, the state, down at the state capitol and we had been lobbying for these bills where we stood in, I think it was about six of us parents, where we stood in every day with our posters of our children and we uh, lobbied for these bills. And then on the last day that we lobbied, we had a um, press conference. And on that pre press conference, we was able to express, you know, what these bills stood for and how we wanted to push them, you know, through mm -hmm. because of, you know, our loved ones and we went into Pacifics, you know. So um, we got a lot of, we got a lot of, um, you know, people were everywhere. Like people would just see me, you know, coming into my job and they would be like, Hey, I saw you on the news. What you're doing is right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know your son got killed. Hey, you know, um, if I could do anything and I was just telling them like, Hey, help us push these bills, you know, push them right. through, you know, lobby with us. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't bring Jabril back. Jabril is gone. But if I can prevent it, from happening to anyone else, you know, this would be, you know, the best thing for me, it would be part of my healing because it's nothing I can do. My son is gone, but I could make sure that accountability is held and that these officers are acting appropriate, appropriately when they come in contact with these young black men and women. That's right. That's right. You so know, what are the status? What's the status of these um, bills that you name as Delphine? We're where are they okay. as legislature? Okay, so um, I think that sessions is over on the 31st. Um, and I think the bill 107 
and we're 13, I'm not quite sure, but those bills was pushed back. So um, some of the bills did get carried over, but we was just waiting to hear from, um, you know, we was waiting to hear from, we have a representative that's working with us. So we was waiting to hear from her as to where the bill stood. And I think the 31st is the last day of sessions. That's, that's so I was told. And, um, but even with that, like, okay, so say the bills don't get passed and they don't go into, you know, it does, it, it, it doesn't stop anything. You know what I'm saying? You still have to keep pushing for, you know, accountability. You still have to keep pushing for, you know, um, for, for officers just to be held accountable and for them to learn how to work with their community. You understand what I'm saying? Like we still have to be pushing for that. So our job don't stop just at that. You know what I'm saying? Like we are still, as we speak, I was on a zoom call last night talking about what's the next step. You know what I'm saying? So we're constantly each week on Zoom talking about what's our next step. How are we gonna put this in their face? You know what I'm saying? How are we gonna keep pushing and keep going? You know what I'm saying? Because even with the bills, like you know, a lot of times, even with certain things in place, they still don't act accordingly. So uh-huh. we still have to be, you know, Hold accountable. Yeah, and making them be held accountable. Like, so t- tell me this real fast too. Let's talk about. Um... When y'all talk about the bills, we've had somebody else on the podcast too as well who said they've gotten bills, they introduced as well. What is a first step? Would it be to contact your state representative when you say that? What, what do you mean? Uh, is it is it uh, the part like in Congress? Like like who did y'all go to in your state that was well, going to help you out to get something passed? It was the, it was my rep in my county. You know where my son was killed. Okay. I, I no longer live in that county, but do have a home in that county. So I can still, you know, vote there and do all of those things. So my um, thing was to get with my, with my county rep, you know, where, where my son was murdered, which was Clayton County and to speak with her and to talk with her about, you know, what I felt and what I thought would be, um, you know, some steps to, you know, seeing some change. And I would think that that would be the best thing because um, it's so many different levels. And I think working with your county rep, you know, that would get you, you know, like get you a foot in the door. When I spoke with her, me and her just really, you know, had a conversation and we talked about, you know, the loved ones that had been murdered by police and how the interaction was and how it was a lot of, um, it, how it was a lot of um, connections to it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that was what I did, you know what I'm saying, with my state rep. And then we spoke with some people that we had connected in the past that was now working in the state capitol. And we were like, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we just got together, got on a Zoom, told them what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then they went from there and started implementing things. And then we kept having the Zooms and implementing things on how we was going to push it, who was going to push it to, and, you know, so far and so forth. Either your county so, county representative or your state representative. Uh, your state representative. You can touch with them. And basically them holding them accountable as your representative, you're their constituent, 
which a lot of us don't really understand that we just vote and we move on, but we need to vote and then hold these people accountable for uh, putting forth a legislature that's going to help our community. That's what I hear you saying. Right. Right. We're we're all about action on this podcast. We like to hear about what people are doing, but we also like to hear about ways that people can get involved in what you're doing down there in Georgia. So help us out with that. Well, um, I I would say, you know, um, if people want to get involved, you know what I'm saying, to just like, you know, contact some of the, you know, some of the mothers that are here, you know what I'm saying, look for our change of actions, you know what I'm saying, Um, sign our petitions, if we have petitions, you know what I'm saying, and just, you know, follow us in what we're doing, you know, if you have any information how we can better what we're doing, or if, you know, in your your state or your city, you know, you have done what we're trying to do and you have some steps that you can, you know, bring to us to make, make it clearer or better for us then. I mean, that's how, you know, we network and we come together and do for each other. So I think that that would be something good, you know, that people can do, you know, especially, you know, in this um, era of this fight and what okay. we're doing, you know, for change. We put the call to action on the screen for justice for Jabril Robinson, call district attorney, Tasha Moe. Look, call her, y'all. Call her. It'll take you five, less than five minutes. Demand that she reopen Jabril Robinson's case and demand that she give his, his belongings to his mama. Good. Right. What kind of... Yep, stating that the case is closed and then telling oh. me that I can't have his belongings because they're part of an investigation. So, you know, I mean, that's contradicting contradiction within itself. You understand what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. if the case is closed on anything, you're allowed to take your personal items and walk mm-hmm. away, but they will mm-hmm. not give me my son personal items. Yeah. That's crazy. That's you guys are closing real fast. I want to reiterate one more time as far as like we always say, we are a working podcast and we mean all that. Um, it, even if, you, if someone's watching right now and we, we, we're trying to reach out to more families who are actually actually working, I watch that Phoenix page all the time um, because I want to know what's going on. And as we all know, we live. I live in Virginia. Um, she's in Georgia. Roxanne's up the road for me in Maryland. But what I'm saying is this, where we are in different states, we can all take knowledge from each other. The whole thing that she expresses that we have to learn <laughs> share information. Even the roadmap is not the exact same. It's very similar in other areas. So she said state representative, right? Get in contact with them and hold people accountable. They're coming out here, coming to the church, they come to the council, they actually votes and stuff. That's fine, but still hold people accountable to what they got voted into place last year. Even go ahead. And the mayor, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I see on here, we got the call of action for Jabril Robinson. Be sure to call Tasha. Hit Tasha up tomorrow. Give uh-huh. her a phone call tomorrow. You guys, the number here is on the screen. Be sure to give her a phone call tomorrow in regards to Jabril's case. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Thank you all so much for having me yes, tonight. All right, you guys. Now, last but not least, Sophie, if you could please throw up on the screen the call of action for tomorrow. Um, as y'all know, tomorrow, 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 
I, I, last night I kept saying it all wrong. I kept saying Tuesday. It's actually Wednesday. So tomorrow is Xavier's court case. We're going to civil court, you guys. It has been a long time coming. Um, just to reiterate again, um, back in April of last year is when the attorney who I had dropped the case and decided not to file Xavier's case. I said, I'm going to go and make sure I file this case. We filed it pro se. The judge allowed the case to go ahead and move through. We have what's called a, the, so pretty much what a motion of summary judgment is this. The police are trying to throw my case out. That's what that means. In layman's terms, they're trying to get rid of my case. So we're asking anybody who is in Richmond tomorrow to please show up at 10 o'clock and help us pack the courthouse. It is imperative that the community understand that the judge understands that the community is concerned about not only Xavier's case, but making policy change across the board. So please, you guys, we show up tomorrow at 10 o'clock and support for Justice for Xavier. Yeah. Yes, and can can I just add this to um, Latoya that a lot of injustice, a lot of injustice happens in empty courtrooms. That's right. And yeah. I, I don't know about you. You know, most of us have either had loved ones or have, may have been involved in the mm -hmm. injustice systems ourselves. Mm -hmm. Let mm -hmm. us start to be the eyes and, and ears and 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 show up, put our bodies on the line in that way. Make mm -hmm. a sacrifice and come, you know, mm -hmm. if you can be there because when people see that we are serious about showing up, they can't just shuck and jive because mm -hmm. it's too many of us sitting there witnessing the shucking and jive. That's right. Like I said, I, I read a, um, I watched a thing yesterday. I heard a new word. I'm going to try to say it. It was called participatory defense. Yeah. And the guy had iterated about like all the criminal um, defense side or whatnot. People go to court for criminal things or whatever, as far as like going um putting his sentence or whatever. He was mm -hmm. saying the importance of the community being there and how important he was saying sometimes when empty courtrooms are there, the judge was like, Well, no one cares about this case, you know. So that exactly. is super important. Yeah, that's true. And that's even true because I have four sons and I've been to court one of my sons, and just for me to be there, you know, be in place in representation for my son that made a difference right. that's right you know so yeah we need to support each other we need to pack these courthouses for not for every case you know what i'm saying we need to be there because mm -hmm. that's it's that's the way we're going to implement change i'm saying it so yeah and show them we mean business they're not mm -hmm. going to get away with this not going to mm -hmm. keep killing our children and we're not getting away with it getting away with it yeah Getting away with they definitely them. think that they're getting away with it. They yeah. definitely think that. That's why they continue to keep doing it. That's right. right. People aren't consistent in, in a fight, you know. The follow has to be there. You got to consistently keep doing things and whatnot. That's the main thing. Then, like I said, your case happened in 2016. We are in 2023, and you are still actively fighting. So oh, yeah. it don't stop. I could never stop. You know, I know people that have cases for 13 years, 10 years, 15 years, and they still out here doing what they got to do so at the end of the day how could i stop i can't, I can't ever stop like so. Mm -hmm. so all right you guys so that's it Roxanne. yeah thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing with us miss delphine and we definitely want to support you as much as we can we're going to um call miss tasha mosley tomorrow and anything else you um you know please contact with us and let us know what's going on Okay, and I thank y'all so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
Eu gosto. Eu gosto.